Hey everyone, welcome to High School Hoop Scoop, where your hosts, Coach Dave Goosen and the legend, Bort Escoto, discuss everything related to and surrounding high school basketball. Hey everyone, welcome to the High School Hoop Scoop. I'm really excited for our episode number three. In this episode, we are going to talk about the parent perspective and um, the parent's role in high school basketball and all basically all things parents. Uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback, all great positive feedback, and people have been texting me and emailing me asking, hey, when are we going to talk about this? When are we going to talk about that? When are we going to talk about parents? When are we going to talk about coaches? When are we going to include girls basketball? Um, the one thing I wanted to mention is the High School Hoop Scoop podcast is going to cover it all. And if you haven't heard it yet, it will definitely be coming on a future episode. We're going to talk about girls basketball. We're going to talk about um, coaches. We're going to talk to parents. We're going to we're going to do it all. So, uh, but like I said, I'm really excited about today's episode. We have a special guest who we will introduce in a minute. But beforehand, I wanted to say hello to my co-host, the legend, Bordescoto. Good afternoon, David. How's everything going over uh, in the uh, was at the North Valley? Actually, I'm in the west side of the valley. Everybody thinks I'm a north side uh, valley guy, but I'm not. I'm actually on the west side. Oh. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I have been slightly encouraged over the last week or so since our first couple of episodes in terms of the possibility of maybe us being able to play some games or some tournaments or something maybe sometime in mid, late July, early August. Maybe that's just me being overly optimistic, but I feel like I feel a little bit more optimistic now than I did like a week ago. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, you- I'm kind of feeling the same way. I think things are going to open up, and I think come July, they're just going to run out of excuses to keep everything closed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. You know, in terms of high, my high school team, in terms of, you know, the Thousand Oaks girls basketball team, I'm still not real confident that there will be um, practices or games or tournaments or leagues, but I, I'm becoming a little more confident that maybe there might be some games on the AAU circuit, the travel circuit, um, just because I'm not sure that the schools and the school districts are going to be willing to take on that liability, but maybe, you know, some of the league, the AAU type uh, travel team, club team, leagues and tournaments and those type of things I, I think those will probably be a little bit more inclined to do something before you know the schools well they can what all they can that? all take a page out of uh the new york stock exchange opened up today and they made everybody wear a mask and everybody said you got to sign a waiver or you're not coming in and that's how they handled it and i think with anything else that's exactly how everyone else can handle it as well yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of coaches, I've talked to a lot of parents, I've talked to a lot of players, and everybody's just ready to, you know, play some basketball. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, some of the people that three, four weeks ago were like, no, 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 you know, we're going to wait. We're, we're kind of, you know, a little nervous to, to get back and do something. Those are the same people now. Here we are, you know, three weeks later, a month later, people are ready to now get back to normal and they want to see their kids start playing 
and they want to be able to watch their kids play. And I know the kids are chomping at the bit. And like I said, you know, I think I talked about last episode. I know for me personally and my team, you know, my, my club team, the Venom 13U uh, team that I coach, uh, we are definitely going to be playing in some tournaments this summer. So if there are none in California, then we're going to go elsewhere, whether it be Nevada or Arizona or Florida. But uh, we're, we're ready to get back to, to, to playing some basketball. This is this is getting old. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I think everyone has had enough and I think we're all ready to uh, get out and play. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about today's guest because I have some parental questions that I want to ask. Because you're talking about a parent who probably had the best player ever in the San Fernando Valley. And I mean, ever. And I've always said that out in public. I never, never had that from anyone. And compare that to today's kid or today's parents whose kids, let's be truthful, are not that good. They're not yeah. at that level. And the demands that some of these parents put on these coaches to me is absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's uh, with no th- uh, with no further ado, let's go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I'm super excited, as I said in the beginning, to have on today a great friend of mine, somebody who I've been friends with for let's see, over 20 years now, and just an overall cool guy, and like you said, the the father of arguably the best player to come out of the San Fernando Valley, you know, ever. Um, I want to welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Gilbert Arena Sr. How you doing, sir? Hey, thank you guys for having me on the show. First of all, I don't know how to address you guys for giving me that big compliment. Um, I call you guys gym rats because that's how I know you guys. You guys used to hang around the gym like I did. And second part of it is great coaches. You know, I love the style of you guys um, when you had your teams and how you prepare your guys um, to get out on the floor to compete at, at, at a high level. And, uh, you know, then I call you guys, you know, that I missed for, for a long period of time. And I'm glad to be on the show to talk about some things. Well, I didn't give you, yeah, I didn't have... give you a compliment. I told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we got some battles to talk about, me and you, Bart. Yeah, it's absolutely. And I got to ask you a few questions about some things, man, that I heard, boy. It's, it's yeah. going to be some good stuff here. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, well. Well, why don't we do this then, okay. uh, Gil? Uh, well, let me just start by saying um, one of the things I really appreciated about Gil when I first met him 20 years ago is um, unlike a lot of the parents today, as Bort pointed out, um, you know, if I had a dollar for every parent that thought his player, that his son was a great, his or her son, his or her son or daughter was a great player and they were going to be division one and they were going to be playing in the NBA or the WNBA. I could be, you know, richer than any NBA owner. And one of the things I really enjoyed about Gil from the day that I met him was he was super down to earth and he was the opposite of some of these parents today when really he had the right to brag about his son and, tell everybody how great his son was and how his son was, you know, a big time division one player and how his son was going to play in the NBA. The one guy that had the right to do that didn't do that. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about Gil is he was super down to earth and, you know, 
he let his son's game speak for himself. He wasn't running around telling everybody, you know, how great his son was. He, he, he let, he let Gilbert's game speak for itself. And that's one of the things I really loved about Gil and kind of drew me to him. And um, we, you know, Gil, you know, we, uh, we had some great times together when I was, especially when I was coaching those pump and run teams and, you know, we, you know, we would hang out in, you know, tournaments in Fresno and Vegas. Right. (laughs) um, You know, I, I really enjoyed, hanging out with Gil and, and, and talking about basketball with him. And uh, I knew that when I talked to Gil, whether it was about his son or whether it was about anybody else, I was talking to somebody that, uh, you know, was going to tell the truth. And more importantly, somebody that really knew basketball and really knew what they were talking about. Well, so I can, uh, Gil, I can say I this. I was that. sort of like the quiet LeVar Ball father. If I could say that. And here's why I say that, you know, uh, again, if you have a, a kid um, that is playing on a high level of, of basketball, you really don't need to try to boost him up as much as you need to. What I found was that every every level of, of competition that Gil faced, um, he made it easy for himself because he started learning um, different guys and how they play. He studied the game more than I did. And I, I never did understand why he used to go and sit in the gym and watch players. But I always thought he needed to work on his game. But then I finally figured it out. He was watching how, you know, certain players move. And he was studying their game, um, especially the, the guys that he knew that was in front of him. Let's just say somebody like Ruben right. Douglas, um, Kent Dennis, Baron Davis, Tayshawn Prince, all of those guys that was was uh, in front of him doing those uh, scouting reports, he would go sit and watch those games and, and try to figure out what made them better than him. So I didn't need to, you know, tell people who I was. I st- I kind of stayed out of his way. I wanted him to be who he became. And it made it easier for me to walk around. Because, you know, once you start pumping yourself up and saying, oh, that's my kid, that's my, kid, that's my daughter, you know, you start setting yourself up for, you know, people want to get into your lifestyle and you think of this and then you have to start asking questions how to, you know, do certain things. So I, I really, really just stayed out of his way and made it easy for me. Yeah. And, and that's, that is true. Those are two stories. You know, I remember even when I was coaching at Venice high playing in some obscure summer league games or spring league games. I remember one, uh, year we were playing in a spring league at Van Nuys High School, um, and we were playing like Verdugo Hills or somebody. And there was Gilbert in the stands, you know, all by himself, you know, just watching games. Yes. And he wouldn't be, you know, watching, you know, fooling around or whatever. He would be, you know, sitting there and watching the game and, you know, and studying. And and that's one of the things I think that really made Gilbert, you know, a great basketball player and and have such a great feel for the game and a great you know, a really high basketball IQ is like you said, you know, I would see him sitting and studying the game. And that's something that, you know, and tell me what you think about this. I, that's something I think that today's players, you know, really don't do. You know, I think it's very rare today to see players that take the game seriously and study their craft and study the game and, you know, really try to do everything they can to get better like Gil. That's absolutely true. And one more, that one player that I, I have in mind, I know you guys mentioned on your first show, um, is Jordan Farmar. I remember Jordan Farmar used to come watch Gil play at a YMCA 
And he had to be uh, probably, I want to say about 10, 11 years old. And um, he came up to, to me and said, you know, is that Gilbert Arenas? I said, uh, yes, that is. He said, he said, man, I know about him. He said, I want to be just like him when I get, when I, when I get older. I want to play just like him. I said, well, where do you know him from? He said, well, a lot of people talk about him. I said, wow. And that was the first time I ever met Jordan Farmer. And believe it or not, every day we were at YMCA, Jordan Farmer was there watching. Man, that's, you know, again, that says a lot about, about Jordan. And, you know, obviously, you know, he went on to do great things and became a great player. And, uh, you know, it, it does, again, it says a lot about, Jordan and Gilbert and again you know I personally don't see that many kids high school basketball players these days that you know are gym rats and they're hanging out in gyms and studying you know games and studying players and and you know trying to you know really work on their craft board what do you, do you see much I don't that? really see uh much of that at all what I see now is kids being uh trained by trainers and they want to be entertained. They don't really want to work. They, they um, you know, they switch trainers now like they switch schools uh, because they want somebody who's just going to keep them entertained. I don't think they're there really seriously about, about getting better. I don't think they're willing to really pay the real price uh, that it's going to take to get to the next level. That's true. Very true. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I used to find – a few players that I thought had potential to, to go certain places, but they start just hanging out doing things that had nothing to do with basketball. And I used to always question them, these kids, you know, why are you not in the gym working on your craft? Uh, they just didn't find it necessary, but you know, yet and still you think that these are the same kids who are trying to get to a certain level. And when they start watching Gil move up in, in the chain, you know, they were like, oh, wow, <laughs> when did he get that good? It was always that. When did he get that good? Because nobody knew. Right. We were, and, yeah. and you remember, boy, when you had, you, you had, you had like the best team in the Valley. I must say that. You had the best players in the Valley. Uh-huh. And we could have easily, we could have easily kind of joined force with you, but I think Gil wanted to play against the talent that you had. Yes, absolutely. You remember looming around had we was joining Silmar for a long period of time. Right. And actually it's funny because Dave and I had a talk about joining his basketball team out in Venice. Right. And I think I talked <laughs> one time before I said, dang, man, Gil, Gil. I think one thing that he loved about Dave is that you had that that running style basketball. You you had the West Coast basketball going, and yeah, that was that was the thing that he wanted to do. He wanted to be a free flow player. He wanted to run the court and not have to set up plays. Even though he ended up doing it over there at Grant, he just wanted to be a wide open player, and that's the style that you had out there, and that's what what gave him the thrill to want to join that club um, at the beginning. You know, of course, you yep. know, we started at uh, Birmingham High School. And uh, yeah, in fact, I was I was going to tell you, yeah, kind of fill fill our listeners in because uh, some of them may not, you know, know, uh, especially some of the younger players that listen to our podcast. 
um, you know, Gilbert's story and really both of you guys' story, how, you know, you guys started off at Birmingham and, you know, I'll let you take it. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, I was coaching over at uh, Valley College. I had some great players, right? Coach Bennett Mm -hmm. used to come in the gym and watch my team play. I I had the best squads. I had David Redmond. I had Elvis Richardson. I had Stanley Fletcher. I, I had some ball players, and along with Gil, Gil was the youngest out of all of those guys, right? So Bennett uh-huh. asked me. He said, "Listen," he said, "Where are you guys, your kids going at?" I said, "Well, we don't have a school yet." And he said, "I have a wide over roster. I'm wide over uh, roster um, available over at Birmingham High School." Now, mind you, not I thought Birmingham was a great school, it was in a great district. They were playing teams that I thought was pretty good. We had Taft High School, Cleveland. And a few more of the teams. So I said, oh. Did we lose him? The only way I can do this is if I come in as a a same man. Hey, Gil, you're cutting And uh, something is going on with the foot. I don't know if you guys did. I'm still up. Gil, you're cutting in and out on us. Maybe you can move to a better spot. You're cutting in and out. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in one spot. I just see yeah, something flashed we, up. I'm, we, I'm sorry about this. Um, but, but anyway. That's okay. We You left the software where you were talking to Coach Okay. Bennett. So, you know, Bennett, you know, asked me for my kids, and he was going to give me a job as assistant coach. And I agreed to it. I went over there. When okay. I got there, things changed. And all he wanted was the kids and no coaching for me. So I didn't mind. And, you know, he told me that, Gil to be on the JV team, which I didn't mind also because he was a freshman coming in. You know, they had the freshman sophomore team. So I figured, you know, the best he can do is is either a freshman team or sophomore, but he decided to put him on the JV team. He was that good. He yeah. wouldn't give Gil no playtime. And at the same time, he was running that Boston offense, which hold the ball, you know, 20 passes or 30 passes before you take a shot. You remember that? <laughs> The Princeton, the Princeton yeah. the, the old he would Princeton hold his, and I would never, I couldn't understand why he was doing that with the with the guys that he had, with that team that he had. They were they were running, running ball players, man. You, I mean, you can't do that with you guys. So he was holding the ball, and it was frustrating for all the kids. But anyway, when Gil kind of finished his season with the uh, the JV team, he. Joe wouldn't be a, a varsity ball player until his maybe his senior year. So I said, okay. I said, thank you for allowing us to play on your team. Thank us for giving the, giving us the opportunity to be here. But we gonna move on. From that point on, I didn't know where I was gonna go at. Right. I ran into my friend Eric Brown at the uh, at a park, and Eric was coaching over at Grant High School with Howard Levine. Now, here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's the honest truth here. So, I had an adult team. I'm playing over here at Chatsworth Gym. And uh, Flute was the head coach over at Chatsworth. Yeah, Flute. Fluker, yep. So, I'm asking Flute. I said, um, I hear you the head coach over at the high school. Is there any way you have room for my son Gilbert? And he said, how tall is he? I said, he's about six foot. And he said, no, nah, I don't have room for a, another guard. I'm, I'm guard loaded. 
I said, <laughs> he okay, blew thanks. you off, huh? <laughs> yeah, if you put him in, hey, if you, if you find a fruit, he'll tell you the story. So, <laughs> blew me off. That was a week. Uh, that was one week before. So, the second week we came in, my adult team came in. Of course, we know we none of the guys used to show up. So, I only had four players to show up. And I had to put Gil on my team, you know. I asked all the guys, can Gil play? Now, Gil is about 14 years old, 14, 15. And he's playing, and he's killing these guys. I don't know what he was eating this day, but he ended up with 42 points. And the uh, <laughs> the ref that knew Flute called a timeout at halftime and made a phone call to Flute. And um, at halftime, Flute come back in the gym, watch Gil play. <laughs> and as he said, yes, uh, he said, man, who whose son is this? And um, I said, uh, oh, it's my son. He said, man, he yeah, the you should have said, yeah, that's the one that. Uh, well, yeah, here, here's for. the thing. See, we already committed to Grant. We committed to Grant that the, the week that he told me he didn't have any room. We had to go somewhere, so I committed to Grant. So Fluke asked me, he said, man, he said, man, what school is he going to? I said, ah, you know, he's going to Grant. He said, Grant? He said, what's that Grant? I said, nobody. I, but I, I asked you <laughs> last week, did you have room for him? You told me no. He said, yeah, but I didn't see this. I didn't, I didn't see this type of player. I said, but it's too late now. I already committed. So that 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 happened. And he'll tell you every time we talk about this, me and him, you, you know, he'd say, man, I blew it. I just blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would I would think so. I would think so. And uh I know at the beginning of the uh uh episode we had talked about uh you know Gil had some great games uh mm-hmm. against Silmar and Coach Escoto and I know you had some questions for him. So <laughs> here's your chance to uh ask him anything you I'm want. I'm not sure if he had great uh, Gil had a lot of great games as senior girl. I don't know if he had a great game against us, but You'll have to refresh my memory. Okay, well, no, he never he never had a good game against Silmar. That's one thing I can say. He had an okay game, you know, and I know why he had an okay game. But it, I'm, I'm going to set you up on this one. Listen, I know you probably remember this. We had a game against uh, your best friend, Robert Turner, at Conoga Park. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, Rob, Rob Turner, Turner. Rob I'm sorry. Turner. Listen. His whole game was to foul Gill. I mean, we're talking about rumper room type basketball. We're not right. even talking about really basketball, right? Right. So I'm asking, and I'm looking at the game. The ref only calling a few fouls. And they, they some hard fouls. I mean, even, you know, again, I'm a quiet LeVar Ball. But when I see these fouls, I'm thinking, man, what the heck? You know, why y'all not making these calls? Like, what is going on? <laughs> So after the game, Gil ended up with like 40-something points, 42. And I stormed to the locker room. And I go back there, and I'm I'm pissed. I'm looking at Ralph Turner. He's on the phone with you. <laughs> He's on the phone with you. And, I, and I'm saying, you know, Ralph, like, what is going on? What's with the hard foul? He said, oh, man, me and Bork and Scooter had a bet going on. <laughs> 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 then we had a bet going on. He said he wasn't supposed to score 40 on me. <laughs> so I'm t- I'm telling him I'm telling Borg right now he got them forty points. So what was the what was the bet? Well, he thought that he had enough guys that could contain <laughs> Gilbert and maybe hold him under twenty. 
because uh, here's a little backstory. When Ralph Turner played basketball back in his younger days, uh, we would take bets on how many a guy would score against him. And he'd say, take bets that nobody's going to get more than 10 points on me. So when that game came, we were messing around, we were having fun. And he's like, okay, dinner tonight that Gilbert doesn't get more than 20 points. And I said, that, he's going to get more than 30. What are you talking about? I'll take that dinner bet. Says, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So we're on the phone talking in the locker room. I'm like, where are we going to dinner? I want my I want my free meal. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's funny. Now, listen, now, don't get don't games against you. Gil hated – he hated two two teams that he hated playing. with Silmar and, of course, that was Conogo because of the hard foul. Right. He hated you guys because – he knew that it was going to be three guys on him at one time. Well, I'm going to um, tell you what I'm, I can tell you now what the game plan was. The game plan was real simple. <laughs> PK Reed, rest in peace, right. would, would guard right. him one on one. Right. When Gil caught the ball on the wing, everybody jumped into a zone and waited for him to go to the basket. So it was pretty much five on one when he caught the ball. Every Absolutely. time he caught it, everybody jump off your man and wait for him to come, and everybody helped. That was the game. Right. <laughs> the one, huh? the one person that used to get up under his skin for Brandon that was Brandon, Brandon Jacobs. Because so Brandon was smart enough to to stop his penetration. You know, wasn't so much uh, mm-hmm. uh, TK. It's always Brandon because he, he knew Brandon was like he had he had problem with Earl Borkins in the league. He hated small guards, right. the ones that was, you know, lower than him. So he had to get lower to the ground to try to get past those guys. And once he got past them, he always thought that was, uh, that was somebody always lurking behind him to push the ball and steal the ball from him. So those, those games with, with you guys, with Silmar, was, was some headaches for him. But I think he, he, I think he was average de- double figures. I think he got about 25 yeah, on, on you one time, one uh, 25, uh, 30, yeah, I forgot. Like four times, you know, junior year and senior year. And I think there was – I think it was the last game yes. where he kind of had broke out a bit and had 25. But for the record, we still got the W. <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> all four of them. Wait, let me tell you something. All four was, of them. <laughs> the, we would always plan ahead. It's like – Okay, today is Wednesday, and next Friday, the following week, Gilbert's coming to town. So let's get ready now. <laughs> let's get the plan ready. And we would actually <laughs> use other teams' best players uh, to practice. And we would say, okay, that guy 25 on the North Hollywood team, that's Gilbert. Okay, here's the plan. Everybody execute it. And we would do that to get ready for the big game when, when Gilbert came to town. And, and the funny thing was that when he would come to Silmar, uh, not only did we sell it out, but people wouldn't get, be able to get in the gym. I mean, it was crazy. The yeah. crowds were crazy. That's true. Very true. Yeah. I, rem- I remember yes. coming to one of those games, and, man, I had I had to use 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 pull, man. I had to, you know, I showed up and said, hey, you know, Bort's, Bort's one of my best friends. I think they had to go get Bort, and Bort pointed to the door and said, yeah, yeah, he's good. Let him in. But, yeah, it was – those were some – packed like like board said you know if you didn't get there you know at the beginning of the jv game it kind of reminded you know, you me no of the, la- the last in. dance documentary because that's true. you know his senior year everybody would go out and watch you know 
and they weren't even playing against him. Yep. I know other coaches are like, where are you going? Oh, I'm driving out to Simi Valley to watch Gilbert play. I go, you guys don't play them. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go watch. That's true. Yep. That's true. Yep. Yeah. It was a lot of, a lot of coaches. Even Al Bennett used to show up a lot of his games when he, again, when he showed up, he would literally hide his face when he seen me. Now, this is the head coach over at Birmingham because uh, he just figured, you know, he made a mistake by not allowing Gil to be who he was. And another player, again, I, I must go back, you know, Jordan Farmer gave me a call and uh, he was going through the same situation Gil was going through at, at Birmingham High School. And he asked me, he said, what school you think I should go to? And at the time, you know, um, he was living around here close to the Valley. I think he had a choice to go to Cleveland High School and um, the private school. I wanted a private school, but he chose to go to Taft. I told him Taft have a, a good team. They had um, one of my friend's sons, right. Steve Smith uh, Jr., that was playing yep. on the team. I said, you team up with, with Steve, you guys. You know what I want to ask you, Gil, on. and that is this. So uh, Back in, in when, when Gil was playing high school, when, when kids transferred, they were mm -hmm. transferring because they were all looking for competition or better competition or winning. That's what drove them. Now, you don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have parents take their kids out of the school and sometimes against the kids will they take them out because they want their kid to get more shots. They want them to get more attention. They yep. don't care about the competition. They don't care about winning. There was a, I can't remember the kid's name. There was a kid that, that left a state championship winning team to go to another school to shoot the ball more. And in your era, when you had yep. Gil and I, and, and as David said, Dave said earlier, if anybody could be arrogant, it could have been you. Hands down. No, no doubt about it. You could have been, yep. but you weren't. Mm -hmm. And now you have these parents pulling their kids out because they don't get enough shots. And I wonder, what's your input on that or what kind of advice you can give parents on that? Well, here's the thing. You're, right. you, you're absolutely right on what, what, I, what I'm seeing all these days. I'm, one of the kids, uh, the William right. kid that checked out of uh, Notre Dame and went and stacked up with uh, Sierra Kenyon kids. Zaire you know, um, Zaire Zion, Williams. Zion, and William is his name? Zaire's William, yeah. yeah. So he went to team with LeBron's son and, and the rest of them, Dwayne Wade's son and all them kids over there. And it was just sad because he he was doing what, what he was doing over at um, Notre Dame. But here's the thing with, with, with Gil. Again, there was a lot of, lot of coaches coming at him after the success with um, what he was having with Grand High School. And a lot of those times, you know, I used to ask Gil, you know, do you want to, you know, move on to another school? And he was just literally telling me no. And um, he, and I asked him why. He said, he said, Dad, listen, he said, if if I go play with, let's just say somebody like your team with Silmar, and you had a loaded team, I must have loaded team. So you go over there, now you push in, you know, you got – TK as a point guard, and you have Brandon um, James, yeah. James, uh, Jeremiah as a two guard. Yeah, Jeremiah as a two guard. Right. And Gil played both of those positions, right? So that means okay, um, the other the other guard is going to have to come off the bench instead of him starting. So you slide Gilbert over to the two and move Jeremiah to the three. Jeremiah and, and Gil is at the same height. So now you're forcing Jeremiah to play a position that mm -hmm. he shouldn't right. be playing in high school. You understand what I'm saying? He's at 6'3", six, six, 
and the league is, is changing and, you know, um, on college level is changing too. And that's what people don't understand. You have to look at now six, three guards are in now. When Magic came in, he really, really screwed up the guard position because, you know, Magic came in at six, seven, six, eight, and you're talking about him putting the ball on the ground. Right. Who's going to guard him at six, one? You know what I mean? Or six, even five, eleven. So I'm looking at this as as Gil getting older and he started getting height. I'm, the, the thing I'm wishing for is that he gets some height. That's what I'm wishing for. Because I know he has the skill level to play, but, you know, he needs the height to go with the talent that he has. So I look at some of these parents who pull their kid out. They had six, five, six, six, and literally point guards on the next level. Here's the problem that, that and I, and I told Gil this, I said, there's two of the kids, the ball kids going to get in the third, the third kid, the middle kid is not going to be able to get in. He's six, five, a power forward. He's, he's built, not built solid, you know, like uh, Charles Barkley uh, was back in those days. I said, and he plays with his back to the, to the basket. Barco mm-hmm. gets in and the other kid will get in. The third kid is going to have a problem unless he go moves over to the point guard or two guard. That's, that's what he's going to have to learn. That's the only way he can get in. So, again, you know, when you start stacking up against or stacking and, and trying to get to those elite players and you trying to be the elite player, you know, anybody who goes and try to play with LeBron, son, right. he's already getting looked at, right? He's already, he's already on top of the mountain. He's at, what, six? I'm going to give him six one, six two, six three, right now. Hopefully he get that six 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 eight, But – if another six one six two guard come over there, you think they're gonna move LeBron son out of the way for that six one six two guard to get in? No. So I, you know, if if you're at a a, a a team or a high school where you're the main focus right now, I would stay put and just work on your game and play against some of the talent, the the, mo- the most talented players that you can possibly find, and hopefully the high school coaches are smart enough to start finding some talent that um, these kids could face. Because that was the one thing I used to be uh, skeptical about uh, Howard Levine is the talent that he was playing against. I, we would never play in this summer game. I, w- I would allow Gil to play with the summer team, and I thought it was selfish on my part. But he kept playing teams like Van Nuys, uh, you know, uh, Birmingham, uh, Reseda High School, those, those players were just not on Gil's level, so I didn't want to play against those players because I didn't want them to learn what Gil was doing so they were able to, you know, uh, try to, you know, set up a scheme to try to stop him from doing well, the what one, he was doing. The, the one thing I got to admire about Gil, I, I think, and, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, we didn't get him. We, you know, we would have made it work, but I know it was covered like the OJ trial, but, but the one thing I got to say I admire <laughs> right that you don't see anymore was he was kind of like a guy who would go out hunting. It's like, okay, who's the best player? Okay. I'm going to go get that guy and I'm going to show him who's better. And these kids, and I think Jordan Farmar had that a little bit of that, not as much as Gil, but I think he did have some of that, but these kids nowadays, they don't want nothing to do with any of that. I feel like, I feel like the days of, you know, a Gilbert Arenas 
or really even, you know, Nick Young when he was at Cleveland, kind of, you know, Jordan Farmar, um, the days of guys of like a Gilbert being a great player at a school like a Grant are over because the next time you get a, a Gilbert Arenas type of talent at a Grant or a Reseda or even a Cleveland now, they're never going to stay. They're always going to, you know, join forces with, you know, the powerhouses. And um, I just feel like we may never see that again. Well, I'm going to share this with you. Borg, I don't don't know if you remember this. I remember um, you and I had a conversation and you did it. Um, You came up to me and say, man, he said, man, I, I think... I had told you, I said, we need something out here in the Valley so we can compete right. like the teams over in the L.A. area. You remember this conversation and you said, I want to do something and you right. called it War on the Floor as, well, as we know it, right? So how would Levine then want to come over and, and, and be a part of that? So that gave me the notion to say, okay, well, you know what? We can we we freelance. We could play with anybody, you know. And Gil say, "Man, this would be my opportunity to play with that Silmar team and see what they exactly." Because he was already playing with Jeremiah and uh, and uh, Joey George Reister and one more Joe. I mean, um, it was George right George Reister. So he was already playing with with some of your guys. And he said, "You know what? Why not just go play with them in the war on the floor? Since you know Grant is not going to be in it, we'll play with I play with their team." <laughs> and, and the funny thing, uh, when when we decided to do yes. that, you know, that rumor started floating around. That I remember, it's like the old days. Oh, like I said, he got coverage so, every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's it, that's, it's, that's it's, about it, right. That's about right when I tried to slide in because I was like, hey, you know, if he goes to Silmar, you know, they're going to bring the FBI and everything. Maybe we can kind of, you know, that's why I talked to Gil senior i think we were in fresno we had a conversation and i was like well if the uh silmar thing isn't going to work out because you know they're going to bring in the freaking you know fbi and the secret service and all that maybe (laughs) maybe he should just uh rethink this whole thing and and come on over to venice (laughs) well we was getting headlines there was la time was giving us big headlines of silmar move yes you remember that daily news was giving us headline and you know, Gil was saying, man, what's this about? I said, hey, I don't know. Let's roll with it. <laughs> so when, when we came out and um, this was a game at Chatsworth. Yeah, it was. Like, all the games were at Chatsworth at, at this time. And uh, it was, okay. Um, Vinny Borshner, who's now worked for ESPN, was writing for Daily News. So he had his camera set up and he had his writer setting up. So <laughs> He called Gil outside the gym and he said, oh, man, you know, I, I want to do an interview with you. And Gil said, for what? He said, Yo, you're getting ready to join Silmar, right? He said, uh, well, I'm going to play with him. And he said, oh, so you're going to play today? So Gil decided yes, not I to remember. play with you guys that day, right? <laughs> so he got, he, he got he get pissed off. So the very next day, you guys had another game. We was going to join you guys. He came up with his camera. And Gil said, oh, no, I'm not going to play today. Vinny gets pissed off and, and he leaves. The very next day, uh-huh. I guess you got, we're right. playing, you're playing Dominguez, right? 
Dominguez High School. That's <laughs> I think they had Tayshawn Prince on that there uh, on that team. They had uh, I don't know if Baron Davis was on that team. I don't know if uh, Kenny Bruner, but they had a team. So Gil decided. Oh, they right, had um, Chandler. Uh, Tyson Chandler on the team. Tyson Chandler, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Gil wants to play this game. So <laughs> we run into uh, Vinny outside the gym, and he asked Gil again. He said, "Man, he said, are you playing today?" Gil tell him, "Ah, he said, man, are you freaking playing today? I ain't gonna use the word to use." He said, "Man, are you freaking <laughs> playing today or what?" I have my camera. I want to get pictures. I want to get everything. He said, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and play today." So that was that was the beginning of of me and Vinny uh, friendship. You know, um, I never let him down on that. But you know, Vinny and I be standing I, I thought it was uh, now a now. little extreme because I remember the headlines, uh, and they would have pictures of Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert doesn't play today for Silmar. Okay, why is that news? You're covering a guy. That's not playing, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you're interviewing a guy who's not playing. Like, yes. why are you yes. interviewing a guy yes. who's not playing? He's not playing, so why are you bothering him? <laughs> yes, but he was yes. giving us great headlines, and we loved every bit of it. You know, uh, you know the, the funny thing you're talking about top competition. You remember Devin Montgomery was. Well, you, you know guys what? never mentioned to, him to in, my, in your okay, first, defense, but Devin I was. I'm going to miss a lot of guys because you mentioned one earlier today that I thought could have been the best player in America, and I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm. Not, and that was David Redmond. If David exactly. Redmond had worked to his potential, oh yeah, that yeah. guy was wow. That guy was phenomenal. But yes, Devin Montgomery. Free David free Redmond definitely. David yeah. Redmond definitely had an NBA body. That was for sure. And uh, he was. He, he was would be the guy. That yeah, he was a guy, and the thing that hurt him that, um, you know, because I had David when he was 13, and um, he he didn't have parents that was really, yeah, behind him. Um, yeah. I had to be the parent to him, but then his grandmother had passed away, and, and things just got messy, so, and um, his career just, just came to a stall. But he ended up playing uh, on slam ball with Stanley Fletcher. Okay. I don't know if you remember the slam ball uh, yeah. television. But yeah. you had Devin, Devin on, the, on the team. And you remember, everybody thought Devin was like right. one of the best players in, in the Valley. And on the war on the floor, it was him against Gil. And it, the measure is still one on one. Devin and Gil, right? One on one, and Devin did not want to play Gil. I, yeah, I remember that. You know what? You know, I could not do that today. No, None of these kids would play each other. They won't play each other. We we've tried. You serious? Like, nope, nope, nope. In those days, it's yeah. like we didn't have any more spots. It's like we're full. We're full in five minutes. Nobody. There's no room. Everybody wants to play. Now I couldn't. I couldn't get one guy to play nowadays. Not wow. Yep. Yeah. Now guys don't want to risk their reputation. God forbid they lose or they have a bad game, and next thing you know, it's all on Twitter and Instagram and. You know, guys don't want they, they. You know, they don't have that heart like the old school guys, and they don't want to take that. Risk. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm and, gonna tell you a story, uh, Gil, that sad. you don't know about. This well, is, I'm a- this is something new. I don't think I ever told you this, and that is this, and I, I don't think I ever said this publicly. And this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. I, I ran into Devin Montgomery, okay, at a gas station, uh, over by Universal Studios, and I'm pumping gas. Dev walks up to me and he says, "Coach." Just want you to know that if Gil comes, I'm coming too. And he turned around and he walked away. 
What? And I was, and at that, and at that point, I already knew Gil was what. And all I could do was just shake my head and say, "Oh, what could have been." That would have been. That would have been a team. Man, what could have been? That would have been a team for the ages. Yeah, you know, and I, I love Devin, man. I loved everything about his game. He was a tough kid. Um, he came up the right way. Um, of course, um, Daryl had him for a long period of time. And when Daryl was coaching over at San Fernando High School, he had he had a couple of guys that was there too. Um, but the problem again with the same type of players, you know, when I look at all the guys that was you know just mentioned, and you know, like I said, Ruben Douglas, Kent Dennis, Devin Montgomery, they all at the same height, right? And they all had different styles of play. The one thing that Gil had different over those guys is that he was able to play three positions and not be affected. You know what I mean? He could even play the, the four positions. He just wasn't tall enough. So I, I, I wanted him to learn how to be a point guard because I didn't know if he was going to be stuck at 6'1", 6'2". You know, when, when Luke Olsen drafted him or recruited him, he didn't know what he was getting. At this time, you know, Luke, Luke Olsen had told me, he said he'd never seen Gil play basketball. He'd never seen him play. He don't even know who Gil is. The only reason why Gil go to Arizona is because his assistant seen him play at a tournament. And um, one of the kids reneged on um, his uh, scholarship, and Luke Olsen offered it to Gilbert, and uh, we ran with it. But we was yeah, to go to remember um, DePaul, DePaul or um, Kansas State. Um, those are two schools that was well, lined let up. You, let me tell you how. Let me tell you how. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember, I remember having kids a are the last 10, 10 or so years. Uh, Tyler Honeycutt, who I had a few years ago, rest in peace. We were in the weight room. Yes, he gets a yes. phone call. I tell him to get off the phone, and he's like telling me, "Like, coach, coach, calm down." I'm like, "Get off the phone now. We're going to start practice." And then he's talking to a coach and he's saying, I got to go. My coach is telling me I got to go to practice. I'll call you later. Tyler hangs up, looks at me and says, coach, who's Lute Olsen? <laughs> I just shook my head. I was like, wow, I, I can't wow. believe you just said that. Yeah. Wow. Look, wow. You got a few story on, on Kobe and, and Gilford's meeting. So, Gil, we used to find places for him to play at, you know, where the, where the competition was. And Venice Beach was one of them. Yep. So, we used to go out there. This is Kobe rookie year. He just get drafted in his rookie. So, he's like, he's hungry for basketball. Gil goes out to Venice Beach, and he runs into Kobe. So, the first thing he sees, oh, man, that's the kid who just got drafted for the Lakers. He plays against Kobe, and he's having a great game. He's, I mean, he just – Lighting Kobe up at this time. After the game, I think you heard his something like that. He, we we wanted to go back on on the Valley side to see exactly how bad the hand was. Kobe stopped him, tapped him on the shoulder, and said, "Hey, what's your name?" So he said, uh, "Gilbert." He said, "Man," he said, "Man, you got some game, man. I probably see you later on." And we didn't know what that meant. Whether it's I see you more on this court or I see you down the road in the NBA. So that was a compliment that Kobe gave him 
during those times when it was his first year. That was mm-hmm. the first time he ever met Gil. Gil met Kobe. This wow. the second time I meet Kobe. <laughs> this is me meeting him. The the mama mentality. This is how he works. This is this is him on every level. We at the All Star game, and I met Kobe a couple of times. He know he knows who I am, and I have my brother there. We're excited. Kobe is in the elevator. I'm about to you know get in the elevator with Kobe, so I have a conversation. He closed the door on us. He button <laughs> closed the door. The, the Mamba, right? I'm pissed. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh, man, the next time we get in the elevator, it's going to be two-hour wait because we're in the, the player's elevator. Yep. The very next day, Kobe taps me on the show. He said, hey, Pops, said, man, I'm sorry about that. He said, I was in a rush to get upstairs. He, he said, you know me, <laughs> Mamba mentality. <laughs> <laughs> love, it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, this was uh... – a ton of fun and something that uh, we definitely have to do again. And uh, Gil, I hope uh, you'll be willing to come on and talk to me at board again. Cause this was, this was too much fun. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, taking a stroll back down memory lane. And uh, like I said, you know, you and I, I know we had a ton of fun and a lot of amazing times together. And like I, like Bort was saying, and like I always tell everybody, um, you know, not only was Gil probably the best player that, you know, I've seen at the high school level, but the one thing I've always told people about Gilbert is whenever I would watch Gilbert play, whether I was coaching him, you know, uh, for one of the pump teams or just watching him play, sometimes I always felt like he was playing in a video game and he could just do whatever he wanted. And, uh, not only was he, you know, one of the best players I ever saw, if not the best player in high school, but also um, I had a special bond with Gil and he was always really, really, you know, respectful and really nice to me. And even once, you know, he made it to the NBA, whenever I would see Gil, he was always, you know, hey, Coach Goosen, how you doing? He would come up, shake my hand, give me a big hug. And, you know, uh, that's a testament to you and how you raised him. So, um Thank you again for coming on and sharing the stories with us and taking, you know, us down memory lane. Oh, thank you guys, man. Thank you for having me, man. Um, There's plenty of stories to tell about him. You know, we haven't even scratched the surface on a lot of things, but you know, this is great, man. I hope this show does very well and that you can get more uh, guests who come on, you know, to share their stories about, you know, their kids and their progress and, um, you know, just see where, where this things take you guys. And, you know, it's nice hearing, you know, uh, you guys voice and, and Bork, you know, going back. Yeah, a lot, lot of fun. Brought things. back a lot of memories. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope our audience enjoyed the show as much as we did. And for my co-host, the legend, Bort Escoto, This is Coach Dave Goosen saying thank you for listening and please tune in to the next episode.